The Teach Middle East podcast is brought to you by Schoolfinder.ae. Schoolfinder.ae is a comprehensive schools directory serving the United Arab Emirates. Is your school a member? Go to Schoolfinder.ae to find out more. Now, enjoy this episode. On today's podcast, I speak with Dr. Adriana Chestnut, Principal of Bright Learners School in Dubai. Bright Learners School opened its doors to students at the start of the 2020 academic year. Adriana and I discuss what it's like to open a school in the midst of a pandemic. We explore lessons learned and accomplishments along the way. We even touch on well-being for staff and students. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Teach Middle East podcast, connecting, developing, and empowering educators. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Middle East podcast. This is Lisa Grace. Today, I have with me Dr. Adriana Chestnut, and she is the principal of Bright Learners School in Dubai. And we're talking about Bright Learners School today. But more importantly, we're talking to Dr. Adriana about what it takes to open a school during a pandemic. We all know that COVID-19 is wreaking havoc all over the world, but it's especially trying for educators and education establishments to keep pace with the changes that are taking place on a daily basis. Hi, Adriana. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lisa. Thank you again for having me. I'm very excited about today. Oh, I'm happy to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, a little background for our listeners. Yeah, definitely. So I am a native of Cleveland, Ohio in the United States. And in Cleveland, I started as a kindergarten teacher and um, I continued teaching for a few years. After that, I founded a school um, in Ohio. And then I also had a chance to work in my home district as a principal. And so I had several years experience as a principal prior to making the trek over to the Middle East. And within the Middle East, in the UAE, I served as a deputy academic principal with Audit, and I worked there for a few years, and then I had the opportunity to come over to Bright Learners and serve as the founding principal. And so with Bright Learners, um, I was there from conception until now, and so it's been a very beautiful journey. But as you mentioned, it was all in the midst of the pandemic. And so in the midst of everything going on around us, we had to be mindful of all the challenges and and make sure that we celebrated all the successes that we had. So it's been quite the journey, but a a beautiful journey nonetheless. Fabulous. So full disclosure, guys, I actually worked with Adriana when I was with Addict. So I'm going to call that my past life, which I've blocked out. I have suffered some PTSD (laughs) and I've blocked it all out. So yeah, we did work together. I did work also as an academic um, vice principal with the Abu Dhabi Education Council in my former life, which I have officially blocked out. So Adriana, tell us, how is your new school? Describe it to us. What's day-to-day like there now? Um, I would say for us at Bright, the biggest thing for us is feeling like a family. And so I think one thing that COVID has brought is a lot of uncertainty. It has brought a lot of fear and just not knowing what will happen day-to-day. So at Bright, we try to make sure that our families and our students have stability. We try to make sure they have a good understanding of what will happen. We are primarily face-to-face. And so with that, we've had to navigate all of the safety precautions and challenges that come along with that and being face-to-face. 
And so it's been quite the journey, but our students and teachers have gotten into a really good routine to really understand uh, what that means for our school. And so we've just been able to go through the process each day and uh, work with our families. We have a very good group of founding families that we're working with who help us navigate these different challenges because every day is a new day, as I mentioned. I totally get that. What are some of those challenges? Opening a new school during a pandemic is no easy (laughs) thing. Can you tell us about some of the challenges you faced in opening a new school at this time? Yes. So I would say starting before you even have the people in the building is just the process of getting the school off the ground. So within KHDA, opening a school is a multi-year process. And so with that comes municipality approvals and all the approvals from the uh, respective authorities. And so I would say within COVID, we found additional challenges as it related to that component because several organizations and several of the government facilities were operating at limited capacity because we experienced the shutdown. And so things that you could normally do um, at a much faster pace, we learned that we had a few challenges with that in addition to having to severely cut down the size of the construction team because you can only have so many people working within the building. A little bit about Bright, the campus that we're on was formerly an MOE public school. And so we did a complete refurbishment of the building. And so uh, navigating those things, I would say, would be the initial challenge um, of the school. And then thankfully, after we were able to get past all of those things came the enrollment process. So with parents and with families, even the decision to return to school in the midst of COVID was a hard choice that families had to make. And then also choosing a new school where you don't have the history, you don't have the background was something they had to navigate as well. So we had to make sure that our families trusted what we were offering and making sure they felt safe and sending their children to a school where they didn't have any background information. Then there came the challenge of recruitment. And so I think similarly to parents, you had a lot of teachers who were put in unfortunate situations in the midst of the shutdown because schools had to make tough decisions and some schools had to do salary deductions and eliminate staff members. And so finding a good founding team of teachers and again, building that trust so we can have a good foundation. And so those are some of the challenges, but I think those are also some of the things that we're the most proud of is that we were able to successfully navigate those things. Which leads me straight into what were the wins? Like, what did you do that you can look back now and think, you know what, I'm actually proud of that? Say um, the team that we have. So the team of teachers, the support team that we have in the building. I'm extremely proud of the individuals that I have the privilege of working with every day. Because when you're opening a school, how you start is very vital to the success of your organization. And so being able to work with a group of individuals who are very dedicated who are um, thirsty for knowledge, who want to improve every day, and then who have a genuine love for students. Because one thing that was important for us and something that we're proud of is you had to make sure that the students are still enjoying their learning experience. And so we know within COVID, there are still a lot of restrictions. There are a lot of things that you can't do that you would traditionally do in the classroom. And so it was important for us to make sure that although the students are socially distanced, that they still feel close as a classroom community. And so that's something we're very proud of. What were your numbers? So what were your targets and what were your actual numbers on opening? I would say within COVID, to be very honest, the targets had just kind of went out the window because with the uncertainty of 
what it would look like. And so we had a goal of opening one classroom per grade level, and we exceeded that goal. So we were excited about that. We just recently opened an additional pre-K classroom, just in respect to the limits that we have within KHDA. And so it was very important for us, again, to ensure that our classroom communities were safe when we were opening and spacious. But I think the size that we have now in terms of one classroom per grade level has really allowed us to build a strong foundation. And then next year, it is our goal to add fifth grade as well, because currently we serve students in grades pre-K to grade four. How many students do you have in each class now? So the maximum for KHDA is 10 students per class. And then for the upper grades, we can have more. And so within the upper grades, we have more than 10 students. And then the pre-K, KG1 and KG2 have 10 students in the classroom. So that should give them enough space, especially during these times of social distancing, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And then we're lucky as well. We have a spacious campus. And so our students have the opportunity to still enjoy some of the things that we have on campus because the campus is so spacious and we have the physical room. So we had to navigate some of those things as well in terms of uh, changing furniture to make sure that we were in alignment with the guidelines to make sure, again, that the students still had a good educational experience. We didn't want it to be rows. We didn't want it to be where they felt like they were in a bubble and they couldn't get out. And so we had to be very creative with some of the things that we did to make sure that our school felt like good school. That's really, really good to hear. I mean, with the staff that you have, obviously they're from different parts of the world. How are they responding to the pandemic? So for our homeroom teachers, um, our homeroom teachers are from America. We do have American curriculum, and then we have a majority of our staff members, as you mentioned, are from around the world. So I think in terms of response to the pandemic, it's honestly a day-by-day situation. We have to do a lot of well-being checks. I do a lot of just mental checks with the team to just make sure everybody's all right. As a leader, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's not business as usual. And so making sure that you're empathetic and understanding to everything that may be going on outside of the classroom and outside of the school. And so we've had team members who have had family members who've been positive. We've had team members who have had their uh, respective struggles back in their home countries. And so I think just coming together as a team, banding together, understanding each other and just working together to get through this as best as possible. I think this is something nobody imagined that would still be happening. No, right. we so now you're it. hearing when COVID is over. Yeah, and that's that's the, the term of the day. Like when COVID is over, we can do this. And when COVID is over, we can do that. Yeah, we don't and have so a date on just, that yeah. <laughs> We don't know I when wish that we would did. Be. I wish we did. That would be that would be lovely. But it allows us to though constantly be creative in terms of how we educate our students and how we can provide the best experience for them. So I think it's pushed us as educators in all schools, because you have to constantly revise and reinvent and refine your practice. I can imagine. How are you guys taking care of the well-being of the students? Because, and and when I say well-being, I want to move beyond the physical, more to deal with the mental well-being of the students. I think the same um, in terms of just wellness checks, talking to them about how they're feeling, talking to them about what they're feeling. A big part of the beginning of the year when the students first came in was just helping them understand what was going on. So when you work with young learners, 
they may not understand why they have to wear a mask or, or what's going on, letting them know that we're humans behind the mask. And so that was a big part of our opening is just ensuring that they didn't have the fear what was going on, but they still understood why they were doing what they were doing. So we do infuse a lot of character education and a lot of time for our students to just work together and collaborate in safe ways, of course, but making sure that we don't negate that part. And that was one big push we had to our teachers because a lot of the students had a lot of ground to make up academically because when students switched to distance learning last year, they lost a lot. And so how do we make sure that we're not negating any one part? Because, you know, you have to educate the whole child. And so that was very important to us. So, of course, our students' well-being is, is on the top of our list of priorities. What about yourself? I mean, leaders are people, too. And they also have to take care of <laughs> their own we? well-being. Are we? <laughs> how are you I, taking I, care I, of your well-being? I think it's, we're all one body, right? So if the body is fine, the head is fine. And so I think we have to look at it holistically. And so I ask my team to hold me accountable. I hold them accountable. They check in on me. I check in on them. And so I think, again, setting that foundation that we all work together, there are no big eyes or little U's, has really helped even just my mental state. What do you do to get out of work mode? <laughs> I, I think, honestly, to get out of work mode is just allowing myself the time to unplug and um, just saying that it's okay. And so it takes stepping away from the school, um, on not going in on the weekends and just being very cognizant of that time. And, and again, making sure I have to be okay to make sure the team is okay. And then just really living by the philosophy of you can't pour from an empty cup. And so just really utilizing that time that I have to reflect, to just relax. And those things are very important, especially during the time of the pandemic. It definitely is. And I mean, obviously, I ask that question because as, as leaders, as school leaders, we're often not in that conversation about well-being. It's often, what are you doing for your staff's well-being? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a person too, and I actually want someone to check on my well-being sometimes. And I thank you for asking because we don't typically get asked that question. So I thank you for asking. You're welcome. What vision where do you see Bright Learners? I'm, I'm not going to say five years because that's so cliche, but I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> at least in the next two or three academic years, what's the vision for Bright Learners School? You could have said five days, to be honest. <laughs> with, with COVID, it's just everything has been so unpredictable. And so I, I think when I look out to the next two years or three academic years, it's just making sure that we have a very stable foundation, making sure that we're providing the best education for students that we possibly can, and just ensuring that they're well-rounded, ensuring that they know that they're cared for, and they know that when they step into the school that they're in a place where they're loved. And so that's, that's very important for me to educate the whole child. And so I would say in two to three years, and that's when we're looking at inspections and we're looking at accreditation visits. It's just to make sure that we remain true to who we are at the core and use those different tools to help refine our practices, but not define everything that we're doing. That's a good note to end it. Anything else you'd like to add? I would just say to all educators, just, just know the work that you're doing is important and that it's very valuable and that you're appreciated. So even if you don't hear it, enough, or if you don't feel it enough, know that you're appreciated because what educators are doing, especially right now, is unprecedented. And it's very impressive in terms of 
how educators have been able to evolve and adapt to everything that's been happening and how they've been able to adjust to make sure that the students aren't missing out. So even in the midst of everybody trying to figure things out, the educators, and I, I tell our team this all the time, they've had to built the plane while they were flying it. And I think they did it with grace. They did it with poise. And it's very impressive. And so I would say, just keep pushing and make sure you're taking care of yourself in the midst of taking care and building the future. Brilliant. I think that's a brilliant note to end it on. Thank you so much, Dr. Adriana Chestnut, for being on the Speech Middle East podcast. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Just even reading the articles and the magazines, thank you for highlighting the things that are happening here in the Middle East. Your your work is appreciated. Thank you. We, We appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Teach Middle East podcast. Visit our website, teachmiddleeast.com, and follow us on social media. The links are in the show notes.